Hey y'all, welcome to the Anxiety Warriors podcast. We are your hosts, Margo and Abby. We are friends, teachers, and storytellers, but above all, we're anxiety warriors on a mission to raise awareness and understanding about anxiety and mental health. You will hear honest, engaging, and joyful stories from us and many other anxiety warriors about living with anxiety. If you're seeking a space to laugh, connect, feel inspired and empowered, and learn valuable tips rooted in mindfulness and more, your warrior community is here for you. Join us as we navigate this journey of life together. Hey warriors, this episode you're about to hear is so wonderful and filled with amazing anxiety anecdotes and wisdom from Jackie Debiton. We did have some technical difficulties, which are oh so common in this digital world. So you can expect some audio quality issues for just about the first 20 minutes or so, but all sounds great in short order and you won't want to miss this fantastic conversation. Thanks for understanding friends and enjoy the show. Welcome, Warriors. Yeah. We have just the most wonderful interview to share with you all today. Mm-hmm. Very excited I'm about this. So freaking excited. I can't believe, I can't believe it. I can't believe we spoke to the amazing Jackie Debiton. Mm-hmm. Actor extraordinaire, been on some of your favorite stuff, Warriors. We promise you that for yes. sure. At least, at least most of you out there. Um, and she's a CPA. She's just an amazing person. And yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for you all to hear this conversation, obviously. But before Abby hops into her recap, let me let you all know a little bit about who Jackie is. Jackie Debiton was born and raised on a dairy farm in Southern Illinois. She attended Southern Illinois University at Carbondale, where she studied theater and business. She moved to Los Angeles in 1992, where she did more than 100 guest and recurring TV jobs for two decades. She did some of the most popular and iconic shows ever, some of the many listed here, such as The Office, Friends, Two and a Half Men, 24, ER, That 70s Show, According to Jim, Pretty Little Liars, Supernatural, Party Down, CSI Miami, Girlfriends, Kroll Show. She later moved to New York City to do an off-Broadway show in 2013. She continued to book TV and film work in New York City for 10 years. Shows like Law & Order SVU and Blue Bloods, City on the Hill, just to name a few. She met her husband in the city and they married in 2021 in Montauk in the Hamptons. Then they moved back to California in 2022 and bought a house in Redondo Beach. She lives there with her husband and two beagles. In addition to her acting, she owns and runs her own accounting firm with offices in Los Angeles and New York City. Her accounting firm opened in 1999 and she handles entertainment and corporate financing and tax consulting. This woman is just like literally the Jackie of all trades. We're going to yeah. claim that. Uh. Jackie of all trades. She does all the things. I mean, did you hear the names of some of those shows, people? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. She's always Elizabeth the stripper to me. Always. Always. Secret secrets (laughs) are no fun. Secret secrets hurt someone. I was hoping you were going to jump in. (laughs) Oh, no. I I like pause. Do it or not. But that's like one of my favorite episodes. Like, I'm not just saying it because we just spoke to Jackie. Like, (laughs) totally. Her and Ben Franklin, like they, the two of them was just amazing. So, so random. Yeah. So, so random. random. So good. Those are some of the best episodes of that show that were just yes. like all over the place and, mm-hmm. oh, just showcased, um, obviously all the main cast so r- brilliantly, but then when they could have guest appearances like Jackie's yeah. and they just elevate, right. They really, yes. both of them, both those characters super elevated that show, that particular episode. 
Yeah. Oh, we love you, Jackie. All right. So Abby, tell us a little bit about this chat. Yeah. So I say it all the time. This chat was so super fun. And, you know, this is my first time meeting Jackie and it's like I'm chatting with an old friend, right? Mm -hmm. Like she is just so fun and grounded and just lighthearted. And it was just such a enjoyable conversation. Jackie starts off by sharing, you know, a lot about how anxiety would show up in her profession of acting and how it could show up in ways like, you know, being judged based on your looks or uh, going to um, set where people already know each other and being the new person on set. Um, and then also the, the instability of acting. And um, she shares about how she knew that, that acting is a passion for her and she wanted to keep it a passion. So she pursued uh, starting her own business um, as a CPA. So she had that stability so she could continue to enjoy acting. We touch a lot on uh, beauty standards and the messages that are primarily given to women, but also people in general. Um, and really just how, you know, what we see on TV can really impact how we feel about ourselves. Jackie offers just so many inspiring anecdotes and supportive stories for coping with anxiety. Um, and it just ended on such a beautiful note of like no regrets, right? Mm -hmm. Like we all go on this journey and probably like one of the best things we can do is being accepting of our journey and not having regrets um, because we know what we know when we know it. Yes. Um, yes. So warriors, uh, this is just such an amazing conversation. Um, Jackie just drops a ton of like little, like wisdom bombs throughout. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it was really fun too. So fun. So, so good. We can't wait warriors. Here's the show. Welcome back warriors. Yay. We are just over the flipping moon that Jackie Debiton has joined the Anxiety Warrior podcast today. We are so excited. Jackie, welcome to the show. Yay. Hi, guys. We are so excited. We are so excited that you're here with us. Um, I can't even believe it. I know. When I met randomly at the uh, office reunion in Chicago last month, and you are just the kindest most warm and funny and down to earth human. I think, I don't know, uh, among all the humans I've met in my life, you are just truly magnetic and special. And the fact that you're joining us on the podcast is just, I think beyond words, right, Ab? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I feel like I never fans. like say right. I'm cheesing. I don't feel like I say that, but I feel that way. Right. <laughs> like I'm like... truly giddy. <laughs> yeah, totally. So Aww. excited. Oh, thank you, ladies. It's so sweet. I'm super excited to talk about my experiences and hopefully they help other people. Yeah. All right. So we're going to just dive right in as we do here. Um, so Jackie, tell us a little bit about how anxiety has shown up in your life. I mean, I guess I would start with, you know, being a professional actress. Um, there's just a lot of anxiety in that profession. Um, it's something that you have to deal with sort of on a daily basis, whether you're auditioning, whether you're on a set, you know, a lot of times, you know, especially in my experience, I've come in to a lot of, you know, very well-known TV shows where I was coming in maybe for a week or two weeks. And um, so, you know, that first day, it's almost like having the first day of school when you're in sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> Every week. You know, you're going to, and so, you know, you, you, you want to like meet these people. Some of them are super famous already. 
And so there's always, a, I've, I've had to learn how to deal with my own anxiety about that and how to um, approach people. Uh, but I think it comes with just being a professional actress in general. Um, and I was going to mention this, so I'll say this kind of might be a good thing to start off from the very top. I had an acting teacher once say to me, you know, you're not nervous and maybe you're not really embedded. Mm. Um, and I thought that was really good because it was, you kind of then learn how to make your nerves and your anxiety work for you. Yeah. Wow. Wait, will if you you're say not that nervous? Yeah. Was it, if you're not nervous, you're not invested? Maybe you're very invested in it, right? Wow. Maybe you're not as invested in like in acting, like, especially if you're going into a scene, you'll have like a lot of nerves about it, but it's like the, the nerves are sometimes just tell you how invested you are. What? Yeah. Oh, I love that reframe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like telling you, like, I care about this. Like I'm invested in this. Yes. Right. Oh, I love that. So, okay. So I know a little bit about the acting world. Not a lot. I had an ex who would go on auditions a lot and he was in a couple things here and there. Um, but my first question is, is do you feel like you noticed anxiety before this profession? Is this something you've had most of your life or did you notice it mostly once you got into this profession? No, I definitely had it before. And I think it's ironic, you know, they, a lot of times they say, you know, comedians especially are highly either depressed or anxiety ridden people. Yeah. <laughs> And then they sort of learned to use their anxiety at, at, get out of their depression by making people laugh or, you know, making jokes and, and, and um, sort of also helping other people feel comfortable, you know, almost leads you to that. Yeah. Um, and my child I grew up on a farm. So no, I'm not from New York city. I grew up on a dairy farm in a very small town. So I don't know how much you gals know about farm life or how a lot of people don't know a lot about, you know, family farm life, but um, you're up every morning. You work before school, you work after school, you're working with the animals. You're also trying to do your homework. You've got crop season. You have a sick cow or a sick calf or, you know, uh, or, you know, the weather's not cooperating. So there's a lot. And then as a child of that, um, you know, we usually say, well, if you're old enough to pick up a bucket, then you're old enough to work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I think that that a childhood thing, work became sort of like, uh, I, I, um, how do I, exp I explain it now that after that, nothing seems that hard with work <laughs> because when you're a child and you're working, I mean, nowadays my parents would be in church in trouble for labor, labor laws. I'm sure <laughs> to them back then. You know, and, and even now on farms, children are expected to work. It's part of the way the, the system of, um, of making a family farm profitable is children work on the farm. Yeah. So I think my mother would even tell you that the one thing she wishes she would talk of her children was to learn how to relax but yeah you know my mom really came early. yeah yeah she really did she I mean she's in her late 70s now and uh she that's the one thing she said don't do it like me don't do it like mm -hmm. me she was a total workaholic my dad too both my parents um 
But at the same time, they were like, they didn't take space for mental health. They didn't talk about, you know, depression, anxiety, those things. They, they, they didn't feel like there was time for those things. Right. Yeah. Um, very different lifestyle than farm life. They were city life. They were city mice, not country mice, but you know, I mean, I think that the same thing rings true, right? It's like, we all kind of wish no matter how old we, we are now that as children, we learned the tools to how to relax, right? How to, um, find yourself in, in the storm, right? How to, um, find calm for yourself, whatever it is. And I think I, I'm wondering if maybe the kids that are being raised now, right. Maybe they're going to have a different perspective than like some of us that, you know, or millennials and up, um, our experience in childhood, you know, but that's yeah, so generational interesting. Thing, Margo, for sure. Yeah. Generational thing for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, but sometimes I do worry that the, the, the generation today, and I don't have children, so not my, neither do we, but, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just the fun aunt now, you know, um, yes. all my friends, kids. So I get to do all the fun stuff. They, they can do the, the, uh, hard stuff, but, um, I do wonder if, you know, what you're talking about, because there is a work ethic thing that comes from it. And, and if you do want to achieve goals, you do have to have some sort of work ethic. So I wonder how the balance will, will, um, yeah, out of that, you know, it's interesting. It's like, I'm hopeful, right. And Abby and I are both teachers and, uh, we teach yoga and mindfulness to kids, right. So many anxiety warrior tools that we wanted as children that we didn't get, we're trying to offer to the next generation, the next generation of future mm-hmm. change makers and leaders. And I hope for them that there is right a good amount of balance and and um, a little bit of a backtrack on some of the more rigid ways of like looking at the workplace and you know I don't know looking for more work life balance would be wonderful for I think every generation. So. Yeah. I guess time will tell. So how does, how does anxiety kind of, or did it, how did it, or how does it manifest itself in you physically? Like, how do you notice it showing up inside of your body? What are some of like the thoughts that might go through your mind when you're feeling anxious? What about like your, your behaviors, things like that? Well, I am prone to panic attacks. I had, um, you know, emergency room trips. So it's, it's been a learning experience for me to, um, I don't have them now anymore, thank God. But it took a, it took quite a bit of. Um, um, I mean, I they do feel like for people that have had them, they do feel it does feel like you're having a heart attack. Yeah. Like yeah. You don't want to Google it because then you're like, I'm definitely having a heart attack. Yeah. Right. But. Uh, so, um, so I've I've had extreme cases of it. Um, so I can kind of feel it sometimes coming on. Um, I've also learned I don't drink coffee. Um, you know, I, I had to quit. I had to quit caffeine other than green tea altogether. Cause those, those certain things can cause, um, more anxiety drinking too much, you know, the next day you can feel that anxiety. Um, so alcohol is, is, is also can be a pretty big trigger. Yeah. Um, too much alcohol. Now, listen, I love my wine. Sure. <laughs> sure. But. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, a, it's a racing of the mind. Um, for me, I can actually see it manifest in like the shaking of mm-hmm. my hands. Yeah. Um, so I think I have had extreme cases. There's certain, even certain medication I can't take, uh, like Excedrin, certain medications have a lot of, um, 
uh, caffeine and or like even like the what's that one that's supposed to help with mucus? Uh, what's that called? Oh, like mucinex and like yeah, some, mucinex yeah. that gives me like the jitters. Like so it's like I just know now that there's certain things I can't do. I also need to sleep. I I'm a very I love sleeping. It's like a hobby. Yes. Um, You're in good company and, here. Uh, <laughs> I used to talk to my doctor. Okay. I used to say to my doctors, like, do you think I'm sleeping too much? Like, like sometimes I can sleep 12 hours a day easily. Dream. And she's like, (laughs) right. But so don't, did you ever think though, Abigail, that maybe something was wrong with you? I went to a sleep study. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why am I sleeping so much? Yeah. I she mean, learned nothing, I by the way. <laughs> yeah, they gave me no information yeah. at all. Oh, good. I've never done one. <laughs> we're not, we're not saying mean, do I, it I or don't, it. but. <laughs> but you didn't learn anything? They didn't teach? They didn't they, tell you anything? They diagnosed me with idiopathic hypersomnia, which is like, yes, you're excessively sleepy, but we don't know why. <laughs> they basically said, don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Real helpful. Yeah. That's what my doctor said. She actually did say too, like a lot of, there are people that just require more than eight hours of sleep. It's just how we came out. Mm-hmm. And so, yep. um, I mean, I always make a joke that um, because I grew up on a farm and I was up early, you know, 5 a.m. when I was six and seven and working, I always say I'm just making up for all those hours. Yeah. That, yeah. There's I the debt, the sleep debt. Right. <laughs> I have a random question, Jackie, like what, so it's obviously, it sounds like you have a really strong work ethic, right? And that obviously lends itself to your career now, uh, both as in the acting world and as a CPA. Um, and so like, I'm wondering, do you think your upbringing on, is, is there a direct connection between all the hard work that you were, um, subject to in your childhood to the kind of hardworking person that you are now and has both contributed to your anxiety in similar ways or different ways? You know, I was thinking about this today when I was watching one of your episodes. And I think the the interesting thing for me is, the answer is yes, absolutely. My childhood has contributed to to me um, working so much. However, I would also say, it was also just, it's also kind of like a part of me, right? Because of that childhood, you know? But I think there's good anxiety and there's bad anxiety. And as I've gotten older, I've tried to sort of identify like, is this is this like anxiety that's good? Like it's trying to help me get over fear mm-hmm. uh, that is working towards getting over something? Or is it a bad anxiety that is, that is actually causing me physical, um, physical harm, you know, whether it's, you know, contributes to, I had like stomach issues for a while, which not only, not just food, it's also anxiety, right? I mean, these are physical ailments, they come out. Yeah. So it's really about identifying, like, so if it's something like I say, like, if it's, let's just use acting as an example, like if it's something that I really, really want to do, like if it's like a that I really, really want to fight for. Well, then that's good anxiety. That means it's going to propel me, propel me to work for it. If it's something that I feel like I'm obligated to do and I don't really want to do it and it's causing me anxiety, then it's, I'm learning how to say, you guys, you know what? I'm just going to pass on that because it's 
giving me bad anxiety. Yes. Yes. Ooh. It's, it's kind of the same with my accounting business that I've been building kind of by accident <laughs> in some ways because I needed another job, right, to be able to pursue this acting career. And I wasn't going to wait tables. I mean, I, not that I wasn't capable of it, but I already bailed hay, you know? <laughs> it's a lot of labor. Kind of, yeah. Got to pick our battles yeah. here. I know how to like muck a stall and, and, you know, scoop manure. So I decided I needed to have a job that would allow me to, oh, there goes the dog. <laughs> Georgie. Sounded like a howl. Like a, That's the baby. It's a baby. Oh, so cute. And she's only a year and a half. I got a 14 year old here at my feet. He's not going to say a word. Yeah, so it was one of those things where it's like I said, you know, a lot of actors, you know, are do odd, odd jobs that are, you know, waiting tables or whatever. But when I was young, you know, I met a lot of older actors in their 40s and 50s and they were still broke. And I was like, oh, wow, this it made me realize that you can be lucky and, you know, work a lot and still um, not have a lot of stability. Yeah. So that's why I started my accounting business. And it was kind of by accident more than, than anything else, because I, it turned out it was a great gig for an actor because people don't really want to see their accountant anyway. Right? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and it was a very, it's a very solitude kind of like job. Right. So um, I could go be on set. Sometimes I'd even have my laptop and I'm working in my trailer doing accounting and then running out to the set and doing scenes. So um, it, it turned out good. But I think what I was I also trying to say about that is that in the same way about anxiety, because, you know, being an entrepreneur is has a lot of anxiety to it, right? Yeah. And now that I've built my company up, I, now I can say no to, to the people that, uh, like we were talking about before, that give me bad anxiety, right? Yeah. People that they want you to take their anxiety on for them. Right. And I always say to them, this is, this is your tax return. This is your life. I am here to help facilitate, you know, your financial situation, to, you know, help advise. But at the end of the day, it's not my job to take on their anxiety. Right. Yeah. Right. Which they want to, like, they want to put that on, right? It's like, I, you're dealing with my, like, money and my this and my that. And it's like, no. <laughs> Boundaries. Like... Um, okay. There's like, I'm going to try to remember because there's so many things that I want to say. And so the first thing I just want to reflect on is like, I had no idea how long and hard being a CPA, CPA is. Um, but I have a cousin that just got into accounting recently and the amount of texting she does about the long days and the, I mean, it's a lot, right? So I just want to like acknowledge how hard that is, but, but in that, I also want to say, I think it's really brilliant that when you were younger, you were like, I don't want to live this unstable life, right? Because even, even like, so I have a friend, this is, you know, silly, but I have a friend that's a friend with like a, a, a fairly well-known actor, right? He's been in a number of TV shows and everything. Um, but every time something ends, he's always like, what's the next thing? And like grasping, even though people know him. And this person was like, it doesn't sound like a fun way to live, right? And, and so the fact that you have something that's your foundation so you can actually do acting as, as, as art and, and joy, 
um, I think is so powerful. And I think that that's worth like really good advice for, for anyone in acting, right. Is like, you can still do it, but find something that gives you a landing in between gigs and stuff. Yeah. I mean, what I noticed was a lot of uh, people that sort of had to quit just yeah. because it was like you eat because it's the kind of business you have to be available, right? You can't be like, well, I'm not available this week. The agents, are, no, you have to always be available. Yeah. Um, and many of many of like trips have been missed. Many family times have been missed. There's a lot of sacrifice that goes on with being what I consider to be just. I'm just a working actress, right? I've never became. I never became famous. I never. I never got that. You know, I was never. Uh, you know, making. You know, hundreds of thousands of dollars an episode. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I noticed a lot of people just a lot of my friends like had to just sort of like go I can't do it anymore I have to actually go and get a real job now you know right. or get a study job which then once you do that you're just not available so luckily I learned that when I was young so I was able to create this other business that then still allows me allowed me to keep pursuing pursuing it but if I don't get a job it's not the end of the world for me Right. right. I still have my other, I still have my accounting business that, that paid for my rent and paid for my card <laughs> uh, and all of those things. And I think a lot of people end up having to just sort of resign. You either kind of hit or you just have to quit. Right. Because how uh, long do you want to live in like survival mode for, you know, it's like that gets so exhausting. Maybe in your 20s, <laughs> you can not only exhausting, but That's where anxiety comes, right? That's yeah. When it comes when you're like in your late 30s and you're thinking well everybody else is going on and they're buying houses and they're they're you know having children or they're you know creating uh, a future you know then here you are still I mean I still have friends that I obviously not going to mention their names yeah <laughs> I, I look at their life and I'm like god I can't imagine being I'm 52 now so um but I have some friends in my early 50s, even in their mid 40s, where I'm like, they have no savings. They're still hoping to get that gig. You know, it's a little, you kind of have to have a little bit of a uh, Peter Pan-ish mm -hmm. you to, to, just no guarantees in this business, right? Right. Um, right. Which yeah. is so hard with anxiety. It's like, yes. there's no guarantees. You can't control it. And no then- control. Like, I mean, I'm really curious, like for me, part of my anxiety is I'm very sensitive to rejection, right? With friends, with colleagues, with bosses. And, and I can't imagine, will you just share a little bit about like, just constantly like being rejected in a profession and, and what that does? Cause for me, even just thinking about it just gives me, you know, anxiety. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that's a really good question, Abby. I don't know if people ask that as much as they used to maybe uh, when I was younger. Um, and now that I'm older, I have a different perspective of it. But, you know, there was a time when I first moved to California, you know, I was a Midwestern girl, you know, I, uh, mean potatoes, you know, I didn't have, you know, uh, they would, uh, it sounds, it's different now. I would say it's a lot different now than it was in the early nineties, but there was a lot of pressure to be thin. Yeah. 
was a lot of pressure to be really thin, you know, because that was back in the day, uh, in the early 90s, that was really a thing. You had to be thin, pretty, and and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yes. Just, you know, that's really what it was. And mm-hmm. I was not a thin girl, you know? Um, so there was a lot of anxiety about weight management and yeah. all of that. I'm glad to see that that's sort of gone. A lot of that is gone now from the um, from the industry, which is great because it's also great for kids. Right. You know? Yeah. But it was it was hard. Uh, yeah. I remember the, uh, an agent once saying to me, "You're always just going to pay the if you just want to pay the fat best friends." Like, wow. It's pretty brutal. And then you also get feedback where people are like. Oh, we hate her hair. What's wrong with her nose? I mean, people say the meanest thing. Yeah. And just in real time when you're standing there, right? Right. So sometimes you get. They don't say it to you. They they don't say it to you. (laughs) Oh, no. I've I've actually heard that sometimes you could hear it direct. Like, hey, we think you're great, but unfortunately, (laughs) we need somebody who's this, you know, and like they'll give you a feature or, you know. Well, I think, Mari, what you're talking, it's like your, your agent and your managers give you feedback and sometimes they the agents and managers are the ones that will be like you're really not you're not thin enough or you're not pretty mm-hmm. enough like you're not classically pretty enough I, I was never classically pretty enough to be uh, a leading lady which in a way kind of I think is what um, it, it's what kept me going actually because mm-hmm. even ladies usually age out you know ironically mm-hmm. I was a a girl in my 20s who was, I wasn't, I'm not saying I wasn't pretty, but I wasn't classically pretty. I wasn't that thin when I moved here at all, not in Hollywood standards at all. Uh, and, uh, you know, my skin, maybe my skin, you know, I had so many, no, you wear too much makeup or you make, you need to get work up, you have like too many, you know, your stars or you're not, you have a bump in your nose. It's just, yeah, the, the, the producers and that don't say that mm. directly. Mm, wow well, that's good at least <laughs> you hear it through your management and your agent and, right. and so like you can get rejected on so many levels it's like ah, uh, I didn't like how you delivered those lines you're not a good fit for this character or it's like let me tell you all the things that are wrong with you and like I, I mean for me like just talking to you like I think you're gorgeous so the fact that you're not like classically like yeah beautiful is like <laughs> To me, that's shocking, but I understand like there's something in the industry that defines certain things that I don't understand or agree with or anything. But like, you know, looking at you, like you're just this beautiful blonde who like I would grow up wanting to like, you know, if I saw you want to look just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, you were the person in the early 90s when we were like tweens that we were looking at on in the magazine being like, why don't we look like that? Yes. <laughs> So the fact well, that- I don't know if you guys saw pictures of me when I was in my early 20s, but um, yeah, I mean, there was a transformation that had to happen. I mean, I lost 20 pounds. Uh, uh, I had to figure out how to do that in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to figure out how to, do, and I also had to learn how to do that uh, in a way that was um, not necessarily, how do you say, it? it's not about the industry. It was more about for myself. Yeah. Like, and then, and then, ironically, then later I, I ended up playing strippers, and like, makes no sense, right? Because I was like not pretty enough to be this, but then suddenly <laughs> I was pretty enough just because I lost weight. I, it's so 
it's messed up. So convoluted, right? Yeah. Uh, it's messed up. And then people would be like, oh, now she's too thin. You're like, you're like, oh, I can't win. You, know? you can't win. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. The beauty standards are impossible. And to try to meet all of them for each different role, right? You're showing up not just as a new character, as Abby said, but also transform your look, transform your voice, transform that. I mean, it's it must just be so mentally and physically exhausting and I imagine that's why a lot of people leave too, because it damages their soul a little bit. I, one of my dear friends was a PA for a really long time in both in California and um, in New York City. And it made him physically ill after mm. over a decade and he had to leave, mm. right, completely. And it's just like, and it's such a big passion of his still. And so you're like, it sucks that the industry gives you so much, but in a second it could be gone, right? Or or it's so volatile and, and it's always changing. And sometimes it's for the better. They're, like you said, Jackie, there are little things that are happening now that are um, a little bit more kind to women and girls in particular, um, wish they would keep moving in that direction a little bit faster. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Progress is progress and one day at a time. But I, I just can't imagine, like Abby said, how exhaustive a process it is from start to finish. Um, and so like, I just want to echo what, what Abby said too, about like the brilliance of having, having the wherewithal to know from a young age, I need something in addition to, right? Like, I'm not going to give up on this. It's going to be fun. It's going to be something I attempt as often as I have time for, but I'm also realistic. And I imagine, right. Being growing up on the farm in the Midwest, meat and potatoes, all the things you need to put food on the table, right? You need yeah. to be able to provide for yourself and you know, whoever else pets, whatever. And, um, and I know that in, in so many ways, our listeners can relate to that, you know, like having big dreams and wanting to go for things, but also thinking, how can I sustain my life? Right. Um, and be able to do it in a way that feels fulfilling no matter what. And I just feel like it sounds like you've struck a really amazing balance for yourself to be able to act when you want to act and also have your career. And also the fact that I, I mean, I don't know that much about accounting, but like it, it is somewhat seasonal, right? Like there's times of the year where it's kind of quiet and then other times of the year where it's obviously massively insane. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like you picked the right co-career for yourself. Which uh, is for me, yeah, for, for me, because I think I do have sort of a little bit of a left and a right brain thing happening, right? So, uh, you know, a lot of artists are not good with money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which is why I have a job. Um, it also helps me because I can relate, obviously a lot of my clients are artists, you know, directors, writers, actors, whatever. And because I can relate to them on their creative, in their creative brains and then translate the financial world to them through the lens of the artist, I think mm -hmm. that's sort of what has really, uh, really helped my business. Uh, I do want to touch on what you were talking about, um, so Margo, about, um, you know, we still do have a problem about aging women, though. And yes. that is a major, major problem in our industry. And I just don't know. Um, I, I've had a lot of my friends quit now, you know, um, just in the last, you know, around my age. Mm. Um, because it's just, I mean, you see it on TV all the time. We still yeah. see it. 60-year-old men or with 30-year-old, yes. we're supposed to believe that that's, and that they have four kids. <laughs> you know, it's just like it doesn't, it doesn't still not reflecting 
of real life. And then we're also celebrating people that have clearly had a lot of plastic surgery. Yeah. Yeah. And they're so beautiful. Look at them. They're so beautiful. They're, they're 55 and they're so beautiful. And yet we're not acknowledging what they've done to look like that. Right. Or people are acknowledging it and still placing judgment, right? Like it's, it's still that you're never going to win scenario. You're still going to be too much or too little of literally everything you can think of. So it's well, like, I, when... I'm the first to admit it, right? So like, uh, that's one thing that I think that older women should, should acknowledge, right? I had my upper eyelids done. I have Botox, you know what I mean? Like, I don't try not to use too much Botox because you don't, you, you want to still look like a normal person, right? If you want to play normal people, I guess. Um, but I think by not acknowledging it, it when actors don't acknowledge it and these really famous people don't acknowledge it, then we're just doing the same thing that we're doing to young kids. We're yeah. now just doing it to aging women. Yeah. 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 And I just say it too, like when people ask me, like, oh, you're so it's in such good shape. Uh, this doesn't come naturally. <laughs> you know, I'm 52 years old. I am on that Peloton. I I I haven't I don't have carbs sometimes, you know. For 30 days like yeah. this is not just like i just wake up and eat pizza and you know don't work out it's a lot of work yes yeah yes and that needs to be said so much more it needs to be because even like like i mean we already know like teens are so impacted with social media and with tv and everything but even me i'm 40 and i compare myself to people on the tv and feel awful because I'm not as skinny as them, or I have gray hair. Where's their gray hair? You know, like, you know, like <laughs> eventually I'll have some wrinkles. I'm I'm fortunate and I don't have many wrinkles right now, but where's the <laughs> but where's like the 40 and 50 and 60 year old women with the wrinkle? You know, like I, I again, like I understand I understand what Hollywood is doing, but I don't understand why. Why it's so unacceptable to to be variety of weights and variety of ages and just be that. Right. Um, so I just so appreciate what you're saying because yeah, I mean, seeing all that on the TV has always made me feel bad about my, I am never going to be as gorgeous, you know, and as skinny and everything. And of course, like, I don't, I'm in a mindset where I don't really let it bother me that much. But it's, it, but yeah, but growing up, it did growing up. I always compared my bodies to people on TV and, and I didn't know that, you know, they were exercising and starving themselves or cutting out car or I didn't know those things. No one talked about it. And so I just really value everyone talk about it. Like, it's fine. If you get Botox, just say that's what it is so that no one thinks that there's something wrong with their face. Right. It's like, I love that. Just normalizing it. Like, this is what yeah. I do. Yeah. I think it was Patricia. I think it was Patricia Heaton that I saw once in an interview that it really uh, was so great. She had, I think, she has five kids or something, you know. And she just admitted right on, like, a late. And back then, people didn't do that, you know. I think it was during Everybody Loves Raymond, and she just straight out admitted it. She's like, I've had a tummy tuck, I've had liposuction, I've had this. She's like, and unlike some of these other people, they're not going to tell you what they've done. They're just going to pretend like they didn't do anything. Right. And, uh, right. I mean, oh, I also had a breast reduction and a lift. I mean, I've done shit. You know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> some of that has like, to do though with the industry itself, though, right? Because like I'm just trying to imagine that if you were 
a person working in, in a quote unquote normal job, like an average job, and you had work done, you wouldn't necessarily go around telling your friends, neighbors and communities about those things. Right. But it's like it's the fact that these people, these women are front and center. They're in our media. They're, they're on television models. Right. But th but they're the ones that are also I guess where I'm, I'm having even an issue with with uh, just to play devil's advocate. It's like, but do they owe us that? You know, like my mm -hmm. mind goes to a little bit of like maybe and I, this is I'm speaking to myself, too. Maybe I need to be thinking less about what those people have done to their bodies and more about like real life or myself or whatever, because at the end of the day, too, if we if all women or all people are in a box where they can't control how other people perceive them, maybe that information is just for me. Maybe you have your, you're going to have your opinions. You're going to have your thoughts about what I did or didn't do to my body. Like I'm just thinking about Britney Spears, Abby, like back when we were young and she was, everyone was like, Oh, did she had her boobs done? She did that. It was just like, okay, well we're now we're fully objectifying this already overly objectified person. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, but it was that information we needed. Anyway, like I know what, what we're saying and I don't disagree completely, but I'm also wondering, it's just like, at what point is it just like, that's not my business. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, maybe I'm going to choose to not partake in the mm -hmm. energy exchange of like, did that person have work or they should, they should tell us because I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm since it's, this feels like a open conversation. So mm -hmm. I'm just throwing that at you. Well, I, love, kind of, I love this conversation. Margo. I, I, yeah. I, I think you're right. In, in some ways, you're right. But in other ways, I think what happens is that when they're put on magazines and we glorify them to be like, I, I, I'm not going to say, you guys know who, I don't need to say who, y'all should say. <laughs> you know who we're talking about, right? And uh, at least I know three that I can think of that I've been, two of them I've met in person, right? So I'm like thinking to myself, well, I, we're going to say, this is, look at how great she looks for 50 some years old then you're also making other people that haven't done anything feel terrible True. about yeah. looking like they do at 50 years old when they haven't done anything. And these other people have done a lot of things. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't true. know how we're going to do it. I don't know how we get through that. No, uh, I know. It's so complicated. Yeah. And you know, listen, plastic surgery is becoming so much more affordable, they said, mm. to, you know, just to normal day people, you know, mm -hmm. 20 years ago, only really rich celebrity people could afford it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so now more people are doing it. But then you also see, like, even when I had my eyes done, I was so, we, you don't know how it's going to turn out, girl. You don't know. <laughs> oh, like, gosh. You know, no, it's so true. like, I was worried. I was like, what if, what if I wake up and I look in the mirror and I look like a scared cat for the rest yeah. of the night? So yeah, it's scary. That sounds that sounds terrifying. Yeah, Truly, I, I mean, I'm naturally just biologically, genetically. My grandmother had it done. My mom had it done. You know, so it's like something that we always had. And as an actress, you, you know, drooping eye eyelids are not great for the camera, <laughs> oh, especially when your camera's like right here, right <laughs> up there. But oh my gosh! Well. I do think you're right. I think everybody has the right to do what they want. I just think if we're going to then celebrate them for looking a certain way mm -hmm. at that age, then we got to be careful about not knowing exactly how they got that way. That's yeah. true. No, yeah. yeah, it's, I love, I love, I don't know. I love this deeper conversation about it because I feel like it does 
hopefully open the open up the conversation floods for people, right? About what about beauty standards, about um, showing up in your truth, right? Mm -hmm. About honesty, about integrity, no matter what industry you work in. Um, so I wanna I wanna jump back into like you know you mentioned panic attacks. We've been talking a lot about the anxiety that you faced you know over the years um, with rejection and things like that. And so how do you navigate this, Jackie? Yeah. How do you cope? What are the strategies that you typically employ to deal with these really big hard things? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I always tell my husband, I you know. Um, I have a husband that's not in the industry. My second husband. <laughs> I learned the second time. Find somebody not in the industry, right? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but I sometimes I notice him and I try to say it to, like my niece and nephew, who I'm very close to, too. And it's something that I have to try. I do. I, I have to practice it myself, too. Is don't call myself an idiot. Don't call myself mm -hmm. ugly. It's, it's, it's all the, you give yourself more harm uh, that we give ourselves more harm than than anybody else yeah. in some ways, right? That negative talk, mm -hmm. I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not thin enough, I'm not, I don't have enough money, I, my nose, well, all these things, right? I'm not tall enough, it just goes on, you know, and on. And so I think the thing and the, it, sadly, I wish I could go back and I wish I was, this is, this is for all of you gals and guys out there and, and non-binary people, whatever, you know, is is that start that non-negative talk now when you're 20. Because yeah. it, it builds the more you do it. The more you do it. And the other thing I learned is that nobody else, you can look at somebody else, there's always going to be somebody else's life that you think is better than yours. Mm -hmm. so you may get to their life or, or meet them or get to know them and it's not always what you think. Yeah. So you just got to be, have a gratitude every day to your own mm. self-gratitude, which I, I try to write my, you know, every morning, every night I write, I have a journal that, you know, you just write three things you're grateful for, you know, or three things, or even, and then also maybe three things you want to work on or things like that. But it's yeah. all from yourself. I also have an amazing mother. Margo, you met my mom. Yes. Your, your mom, your sister, your husband. Oh my gosh. They're all incredible. We, it's, uh, we haven't stopped talking about you for the last month, Jackie. Sorry <laughs> to be creepy. Sorry to be weird about it. But Adam and I were just like, so enamored with your just genuine heart. You're such a kind person. So again, it's getting weird, but anyway, back to the gratitude <laughs> journal. What else? <laughs> Any other strategies uh, you got yeah, for us? Negative. Stop. Don't, stop. Don't talk negative about yourself. And when you do it, we all do it. Just stop. Stop. Yeah. I must yes. think if I'm like, oh my God, that was such a dumb. No, it, it, it's not that I'm dumb. It's, I'm not dumb. I'm not dumb. You know, uh, it doesn't matter that someone is more successful than me. It doesn't matter that somebody um, is quote unquote classically prettier than me. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. We're all going to die someday. Now I'm going to get dark. But we're all going to be, we're all going to die someday. And do we really want to spend, you know, all these years uh, beating ourselves up. Yeah. Oh, one thing I want, I don't want to forget this because it kind of ties into this. My mother always said, <clears throat> when I, even when I was younger, this idea that we can have it all is sort of bullshit. Yes, right? yes. 
you know, 100%. You, you can't do everything well. You can try to do everything, but it doesn't mean you're going to do everything well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in my, this goes to all the, you know, um, women out there that, you know, whether you're thinking about having a child or want to have a child, or, you know, as my childbearing years started to pass me, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it was, you know, definitely, it wasn't like something that I said, oh, I'm never going to have children. I, it wasn't like I made that decision. It just started to happen. I got divorced at a certain, my first divorce was 36, you know. I didn't want to just rush out and try to find somebody to have a baby with. You know, there was all these things and all these choices were like, all these uh, deadlines were coming up upon me. And my mom said to me, you know, maybe you really need to think about like, is it, if it's something you really want, you need to be able to do it well. Mm -hmm. And she said, you're not going to be able to do two careers, you know. And I also wanted, I wanted a life partner. Mm -hmm. How am I going to do all of this well? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And that. feel fulfilled and feel like, like, and have good feelings as opposed to just like stretch thin and overwhelmed. That's right. Yeah. yeah not being a mother in this lifetime. And, uh, and that's okay. And the same, I would say the same thing about any other thing that you think you want. And then you finally go like, well, maybe I can't do that and do this and do all of these things and do them, um, do them well. That's, I guess that's it. It's such Perfect. good advice. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. When agreed. We try to do that. We try to do all of this. Now we got a lot of anxiety. And yeah. Nothing, yeah. Nothing it's well. about trying to square the picture in your head too, right? It's like what needs to change is the picture in your head. And once you realize mm -hmm. that that's just a picture, right? And that your life, the way it is right here and now, maybe you work towards some change. Maybe you don't. Maybe you learn to practice acceptance and finding gratitude and joy. I absolutely love that. I do a lot of that too. Just like even just the simple practice of jotting down three things, three things you're working on, three things that you're really happy about that have lit you up today or this week or whenever, like it's just these little moments where we can um, be here and now with what's real, right? With our own reality, um, come what may. So I, I just love that so much. Um, all right, so Jackie, you could jump in a time machine and speak to a younger version of yourself. Oh my. What kind of advice would you offer young Jackie? <clears throat> Yeah, just I well, num just don't be so hard on yourself, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, oh gosh, this is such a good. This is this is a hard question, Marco. <laughs> um, you know why that's such a hard question for me is because I don't want it to be about regrets, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think people should have regrets. Uh, we know what we know when we know it. If it's time mm. we learn it. Yes. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. We know what we know when we know it. Like, Ooh, I got another body yeah. chill. I yeah. need to write that down. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. And so would I have, would I have been able to hear that? Yeah. Would I have been able to hear, would I be where I'm at now? You know, I, my husband always says to me, I, I bragging about my husband now sorry guys uh but 
No, I'm not sorry. He's amazing. No. Yeah, that's right. Not apologize. And I went through a lot of turds to find him. So, uh... You and me both. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> in fact, uh, I was uh, talking to a friend the other day about that because partnership is something, too, I wanted to talk about anxiety and partnership. For the first time being with uh, my husband, Tim, he doesn't cause me any extra anxiety. Yes, yes. And I have been with men that add anxiety mm. to my life. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I don't think you have that with uh, Adam, do you, Margo? You don't have that. You guys seem. Uh, yeah, and it, when you were, when you were both just like, oh yeah, a lot of turds. I'm like, it's been one and done for me. Oh, yeah. I Margo's yeah. with her high school sweetheart. 23 had, years. Had to be yeah. with a bunch of turds and extra he anxiety does not with add, the turd. He is my anchor. He is the oh. anchor that keeps me tethered. I, I'm up here floating orb with all my anxiety and he's down here just holding mm -hmm. on. And, but with love and, you know, all and with care. But yes. See, so, so you learned that at a very young age where yeah, yes. it was like Abigail and I had to, it took us longer. 36, yeah. baby. <laughs> you had to work for it. Worked yep. for it. Yeah. Right. I don't take it for granted, though. Right. But that, and that's the common theme is that when you're with a partner that doesn't add to your stress or anxiety, you got to you got to not take it for granted. Yeah. So true. And I just kept picking. My mom would say my picker was off. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely was with for choosing people that I. Uh, that caused me more anxiety yep. than calmed me. And uh, he's very calming. And I think I'm, uh, I know I'm calming to him too, because his, his, uh, one of my sister-in-laws said that to me recently. She's like, I've never seen Tim so um, uh, calm. And I was like, really? Mm -hmm. I only know him as calm. And she goes, he Tim, did you hear that? <laughs> Easy. She only knows you as calm. Aww. You could tell even in our short interactions with you all again, like at your booth at the office reunion in Chicago was that you both, you both seem to have such nice yin and yang energy together. At least that's, that was what I could feel as a total stranger, just like meeting you for the first time. Um, just like it was a nice, like you can tell you balance each other out. Right. And so like to him, to you, he's tethering and, you know, even though he seems like a calm presence, clearly not the, oh, the many, maybe not the many years before you knew him, he wasn't so calm. So, right. you know. so hopefully I guess I make him calm, which I didn't yeah. know until his sister, his sister brought that up. And I think that that's really important. Um, but wait, what were we talking about? about? Oh, you know, when you know, right. So like, so talking to my younger self, I don't know if I would have, if I would have heard myself or would I have not met him, right? Yeah, right. Not have, if I try to change anything from the past, that doesn't mean I wouldn't be where I am. Because sometimes he does say to me, oh, you know, I wish we would have met each other earlier. And I just say to him, like, oh, honey, I was not ready. For yes, ah, totally. So good. Right. We wouldn't have worked out back then. We needed to meet yeah. each other at the time we did. Yes. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. So good. <laughs> uh, but I, wish, I, guess the only thing I guess I would say is just enjoy life a little bit more. Yeah. You know? Because, like, uh, expectations, you know, I have very high expectations expectations for myself maybe the only thing I would have done is maybe you know 
maybe you could say lower them, but do you know what I mean? Just take the edge off of it. Let's like, yeah, yeah just soften that, like that, that edge just a little bit. Just enjoy the ride a little more. Yes. Yeah. Good advice. Solid advice. Yeah. All right. You hear that younger warriors out there listening, you know, there's never, it's never too late to just start mm -hmm. taking the edge off of our own expectations for sure. All right. So we call ourselves the anxiety warriors. We are the anxiety warriors podcast. And so when you hear this phrase, Jackie, anxiety warrior, how would you define it? What comes up for you? Well, first I think is to acknowledge what does is, is, is the, is to really acknowledge what does give you anxiety, right? If we don't know what it is that's causing the anxiety, then, then we have, there's no way to, to address it. And, we all have anxiety, no matter what. Every every person you see on the street has anxiety, from you know Oprah Winfrey to to you know the you know uh, I don't know um, like, you know guy who like delivers my 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 green tea in the morning. We all have anxiety. So <clears throat> if you you got to figure out what is causing your anxiety before you can fix it. So I love the idea of an anxiety warrior because somebody it's somebody that's willing to go in examine their life enough to figure out what is the cause of it and then take action to figure out how to um like i was saying before like for me it's about finding work <clears throat> sorry finding more gratitude in my life yeah. it's about making sure i get enough sleep it's about it's about um making sure i spend an, I, I have enough time to myself i i do like i like to be alone more than my husband likes to be alone. <laughs> so I have to find my alone time to, to center myself. Um, so that's the warrior in us. You figure out what it is and then try different things to um, to see what works because what works for me may not work for other people. Yes. So love good. It. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I love that. It's like, it's examining it and then realizing like, I'm worthy of my own self-care. I'm worthy of figuring out what works for me and I deserve it. Right. And, and then for some of us, we just, we need 12 hours of sleep. That's not, you know, that's just Nothing what we wrong. need. Abby, Abby, <laughs> I really say to myself, okay, wait, shit. Have I been up, have I been up as long as I've been asleep? Like, maybe I should have at least <laughs> 12 and 12, you know, yeah. or you sleep for eight, you get a nap midday at some point, you know, it's like, that is hey, want to talk about beauty, I remember when I was a young actress, I met this woman who was like in her 40s and I was like 20 something and she looked so good. And I was like, how do you look like that? And I knew she didn't have any plastic surgery because no one could afford like you can afford <laughs> like that back then. And she's like, oh, I sleep 12 hours a day. And I was like, oh, sounds like a let's get beauty sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That is amazing. That, I mean, I, I'm thrilled. I, I'm a good sleeper, but I'm thrilled if I get eight hours. Like that oh. is a good night for mm -hmm. me. Yeah, and then I maybe a nap, a half hour nap. Typically. Oh, I love naps. Naps are my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Naps. All right. Well, oh my gosh, this has just been so amazing. You just have just the most inspiring, wonderful story. I love the way you kind of just like we were just having a conversation, right? It yes. felt very just like back and forth. I love it. Um, so that was like the interview portion and now that's done. I just want to say thank you. This has been really great. Okay, wait, but we're not done yet though. Oh. It's time for lightning round. It's the most <laughs> okay. important. 
This is the most important part of the interview, Jackie, the non-interview bullshit questions that we ask our guests at the end that pretty much have, I mean, I wouldn't say no help to our anxious listeners, but like other than fun and joy, joy. Yeah. We're done with being helpful and now it's time to just have some fun and play and get to know you a little bit better. Okay, great. Let me go with some lip gloss. I feel like I need that. Who doesn't need lip gloss? I need some right now too. I'm with you. I don't have any nearby. Oh well, it'll have to wait. We all need lip gloss. Okay. Um, okay, so Jackie, are you ready for lightning round? Lightning. Okay, so Abby and I are going to go back and forth. We're each going to ask you just a couple of uh, fun, get-to-know-Jackie-type questions. You don't have to answer at lightning speed. You can take a pause, take a breath, and consider your answer. All right, Mm -hmm. I'm going first. Okay, go first. Okay, so Jackie, you're an actor, have been for a long time. You've been in a lot of amazing work, like some of our favorite work ever. Yes. (laughs) Your favorite Um, work, I hope, yes. Yes, I mean, that that is the main thing that, that we know you're from, but you've been in amazing, uh, plenty of other things where I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that thing that Jackie was in. Anyway, oh. I'm getting off the point. Um, what is your most quoted line that gets quoted back to you when you meet fans from any show or, or movie or anything? Like, what's like your quote? Pretty, pretty easy here. Secret secrets are no <laughs> Secret secrets hurt they do hurt someone. I just have to say that that quote, I mean, in all nine seasons of that show, my favorite mm-hmm. show on earth, mm-hmm. um, that is probably my in my top five favorite quotes said of any of the actors who were in, you know, literally every episode of the show, hundreds of episodes here. Yeah. And you had just a couple of episodes and that one line delivered flawlessly and it's just freaking great life advice. Yeah. It was so, it was so funny to me because like uh, uh, a friend of mine who knows Aaron Sorkin very well, who, you know, is one of my favorite all time writers. She was like, oh, Aaron told me to tell you. And she, she didn't watch the show. So she wrote it down. Aaron, Aaron Sorkin told me to tell you secret secrets are no fun. <clears throat> secret, you know, secret secrets hurt someone. I was like, Aaron Sorkin knows my life. <laughs> yes. That is I, life I, goals. I, I was a little starstruck though. But <laughs> that uh, is incredible. Yeah. And I didn't even know when I said it. I don't even think I really realized that it was yeah, that it was gonna be that uh, funny. Yeah. You delivered it perfectly. It's yes. like I can hear it in my head. Yes. I can close my eyes and hear it direct from the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what, so I, what, I, what I hear is Steve Carell going, Yeah, hi, stripper. Uh, <laughs> a question. <laughs> oh my gosh right and you were both so serious in that moment too and he listened to you and was like right he just took that advice oh in the, i so. mean just in that episode where he's like ben franklin i don't yes. remember exactly what he said but like ben franklin's advice was awful and then he's like but the stripper <laughs> yeah i mean i think say how did ben franklin become president and elizabeth yeah. <laughs> so good. oh so good all right Okay. All right. Second question. Um, my first question. So as, as you probably have figured out, Margo and I are huge office fans. And I, I think, I, I think I can speak for both of us where mm-hmm. it's like our go-to show to rewatch mm-hmm. when we're in the mood to rewatch something and not watch something new. So what is like your go-to show? Like when you just want to like veg out, 
and relax and you've seen it before but it's like a hanging out with a friend what is your go-to show oh my god you guys are gonna think i'm a weirdo um okay maybe this isn't with a friend okay well there's i'm a, I'm a bit of a weirdo i guess but show or movie what can yeah movie say? works too yeah I mean, I, this is gonna sound so weird and um, any chance sam, sam mendez is, is watching this but i i have seen the movie 1917 at least 15 times and it's a war movie, but I'm obsessed with it because of the technicality. Did you guys watch this movie? No. Oh. oh, wait, yes. Yes, I did. Only once, but yes. He does the first, like, 35 minutes in one shot. Yeah, it is and amazing. It is so, I, I watch it over and over and over because I just can't, technically, I can't believe how he did it. But he's a he's a theater director by by trade, so um, <clears throat> I'm obsessed with that movie. I know. Wow. I uh, TV shows. Well, I mean, right now I'm obsessed with Ted Lasso, and I think I've yes. seen every episode. I feel like Ted Lasso is going to be like the way you girls feel about The Office. I will tell you, once I'm on a show, uh, it's different for me to watch because mm -hmm. I am remembering. I'm remembering my time on the set. Yeah. I am. I, I, I sometimes I'm now taken out of the pretend world. Like I can't buy it as much. Does that yep. make sense? Yeah. Sure. Totally. I don't buy it as much. Cause it's like, I know what I, behind the scenes, like even friends for me, I'm like, Oh, like I remember my like, other favorite. <laughs> I remember like Dave and Matt and Matt were talking about the hat. I, mean, I don't know if you guys remember that they had to wear the hats. On their oh hats. yes. And maybe I've told this story in an interview. I don't remember if I have or not. Maybe I did. I don't. I don't do that many podcasts, but I, I'll never forget because they we did this a couple. Of, we did a take, and you know how sitcoms work. They go beep, and then they they go all the writers stand over there and they talk. And I'm just standing there with Matt and Matt, and you know at this time this friend was huge still at that time, right? Probably I think almost at its peak. Uh, because that's when Jennifer was married to Brad. And there was just so much stuff happening. And the guys were like, oh, I bet they're going to come back and tell us that we should take the little elastic off our birthday hats because they thought you make, they're going to say it makes us look fat. And I was like, oh, God, you guys are serious. And all of a sudden, the, the director comes like, uh, okay, guys, can we get word of, let's take the strings <laughs> off that. And they looked at me and they're like, nice. We look fat. So, me, when I watch a show that I've been on, yeah, that's what I remember. I can't buy the story. Right, totally. that was a very long answer. It but... makes sense. No, it totally right because you know the people. Like it takes you out of that, like their character and everything. It's like right, right. you know what's happening behind the scenes. But Ted Lasso, I think I've already watched most of the episodes at least three or four times. It's a good show. Yeah, I love show. it. Okay, next question. If you could try your hand at any profession other than your own, so you could never be an actor again, or you you know, you decide not to be an actor anymore and you decide not to be a CPA anymore, what would you like to try? Uh, I, 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 I kind of wish I would have started in directing. Mm, okay. See, I was just talking about 1917. So when I watch things, that's where my, my, um, my eye goes to all of that. It goes to the directing, it goes to the shot, it goes to the, you know, um, but I am going to uh, direct something this summer. So maybe I'll retire as an actress and do that. Yes. Ooh, oh my gosh. I can't wait exciting. to hear oh, about that. I mean, no one retires as an actress. You just, you know, you just stop. It's like, you no stop. 
By the way, uh, did you put in your retirement? No. <laughs> yeah, put in your retirement. Just announce it to the ether. I'm retiring. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to care if Elizabeth is stripper stops acting. But I'm going to care. Yes, okay. you have two people that'll care yeah. right here. <laughs> and my mom. And your yeah. well, yes, obviously, your loved ones for sure. Yeah, yeah. I love that for you. That sounds awesome. Okay. Yet another, yet another job with a lot of anxiety girls. Yes. For real. Right. That's true. Well, now I'm going to ask you a question about another job with anxiety. It's so funny because, Margot, I had that same idea of a question in my head. So oh, now yeah. I'm lightly changing it. So if you were to be in a Broadway show, <laughs> what show, maybe what character, and maybe what song would you be excited to sing? Okay, well, let's start. Well, with I should the say Broadway musical. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's going. start. Let's start with the fact that I can't sing. At That's all. okay. That's uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a terrible. In this- I'm even a terrible stripper. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, uh, that's not true. Yeah. Is, no, it is a good story because when I did the '70s show, my first episode was the '70s show. I'm sorry if I digress, but you guys, you know, you made me think of something. Uh, the director came, he's like, so you're going to go up there and you're going to go spin around and you're going to do all that fun stuff. And then you'll come down on the table and you'll have a talk with the boy. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what? he's like, you know, can you go upside down? And, do, and I was like, I am not, I'm, I'm not a real stripper. <laughs> oh my God. Right? He's like, we didn't even hire a real stripper. Oh and my I, God. Oh my God. Okay. So embarrassed. And, um, He's like, okay, well, somebody, we got to get her a lesson. So then they made me go to stripper class. I still couldn't really do it, but. Um. <laughs> okay, Broadway shows. Okay, um, oh my God, there's so many. Cause, you know, I lived in New York for so long. I saw so many. Uh, have you guys seen Six? No, 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 but it's finally coming to Denver. So actually, my husband and I are planning on seeing Six. Well, you might want to bring girlfriends because I I brought my husband. Okay. And, and no, not that he didn't like it, but he was like, you like you would like this with the girls more, you know. Okay, fair enough. I, I definitely would want to want to be one of uh, his wives. Now you have to not, not the one that gives birth. No, that was boring. Got to be the one that got beat. Two of them get beheaded, right? It's <laughs> a real story about yeah. uh, Henry the. Eighth? Is that I right? think I think it's the, when you said Henry the in my mind I said eighth so I, I think I, it I, is I, Henry the eighth yeah uh, definitely I want to be one of I don't know which one and I can't remember I don't even sure but all the songs and it's such a glorious like funny female you know thing so oh that's I, so I, good to know one of the yeah you're gonna love it oh good so, okay good you're gonna love it. All right. Final question. Do you have a quote that you find meaningful that like helps you in your life? Just a quote said by anyone at any point in history or just in your life and your family? Oh my gosh. Maybe I should be reading more poetry and let's <laughs> No. Uh, I mean, like literally it could be any, the quote that you said before is going to live in my brain for a long time. I think that's going to oh. be one of my new meaningful quotes that we know, we know, we know it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Elizabeth the stripper could have said that. Right? <laughs> that is you channeled that you channeled her. Funny she would say, listen, we know what we know when we know it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, that's not something that just came uh, that that just, just came out right then. Um 
I, I gosh, Margo, that's, that's so, I feel so bad that I don't have anything that, uh, I mean, I guess other than, um, what is, I'm not going to say it right, but um, well-mannered women don't make history, maybe something like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. I think I've been very mannered in my life. Um, I, yeah, uh, I, I believe like in saying just whatever I want to say uh, without hurting people's feelings. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Really no need for that. Well, my, oh, I should just give you what my mom's code is. There That's you go. If you, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. There you go. It's mm -hmm. a good one. It's a classic. It is a classic. <laughs> so, like, our mother, well, I don't know, I'm older than you guys, but that's so like a 1970s mom thing. Yep. Mm. But, but it still lasts. I don't think I, I really, um, I pride myself, and some of my friends say this to me, so I, I hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm being braggy or anything, but I do pride myself on, on not being judgmental of others because everybody, everybody has their own reasons for doing things. So yeah. there's, there's, there's no need to be judgmental about what other um, people, you know, do or say or whatever they want to do with their life. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's the thing. I think that's like one of our biggest hopes for our podcast is that people just understand we don't know what people are walking with. Right. And so we we don't have to make the judgments. We don't know what's happening with them. We don't know their insides. Right. We don't know their experience. And so, again, right. Just don't say anything. Right. We don't need to add to their already suffering. <laughs> like well, maybe, Margaret, that's kind of what you were saying before, I guess, when you were saying, like, is it really our business? See, I'm going to think about that now for a while. Is it our business to know? Um, is it our I'm going to, I'm going to circle back on that. You know, thought. what's funny is that when I look, I, I, I'm not some like, oh, you know, I never, first of all, I look at people sometimes I'm judging them and, but then I acknowledge that I'm judging. Right. And then that's like, huh, yeah. I need to think about that. Why was I just looking at that person that way? Why did that thing go through my mind? Right. And that I think what Abby said too, we're always trying to be a lesson in self-discovery and try to look at our own anxiety and things that we go through as an opportunity to grow as a human, as a person, to try to be the best versions of ourselves as, as often as we can be. And there was this line in one of my favorite books. Um, it's uh, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I'm not sure if you. Oh, I'm in the middle of reading that right oh, now. It is. It's, it's probably. I've only it, one but yeah. It's rocketed to my, I mean, I'm a big Abby and I are big book nerds, but like that Me book too. has changed my life. Yeah. Really? So I've read it four times now. I will keep reading it. Um, and so there's literally one uh, chapter that's only like, maybe you've read it already. That's only like two sentences. And it was like titled, I think it was titled Alicia Keys or Adam Levine. And it was like, Alicia Keys had said, she had come out and said that she's was not going to wear makeup anymore. Like when she was working on The Voice or on TV, um, on, in her shows. And she, for a long time, she kind of just stopped wearing makeup. She stopped showing up as anything other than herself, her true self. And then one day she came to work and she was wearing makeup. And Adam Levine from, at the time, The Voice looks at her and goes, what happened to not wearing makeup anymore? Whatever, something like that. She's just like, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Right? And it was kind of, and, and for some reason that, that that right there that simple phrase of just like i've changed my mind right mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm doing what i want because i want to and i'm not accountable to anyone other than me it, it, when it yeah. comes to my body right um i don't know i just really love that and since i read that i was just like i need to 
I, I want to be more like this person <laughs> when it comes to, especially when it comes to body stuff, you know, yeah. um, and physical appearance, but anyway, it's a work. No, that's so good. It's so good. And you know, I, I applaud anybody that can, I mean, I don't really wear, like I, it's funny when I lived in LA, this is going to just sound like everything, but when I lived in LA, I felt like I always had to wear makeup, right? And then when I moved to New York City, like people don't wear makeup, they just don't. And I got just really used to, like, just, I mean, my hair is always I'm like that. And, that yeah. and I, I just had, and I just loved it. I felt so green. So I kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I actually put makeup on for you girls today. Though. I did it just for you guys. Oh, you, you did not need to do that here. Yeah. We are just come as you are kind of gals. <laughs> I'm from upstate New York. I mean, I'm a no makeup gal. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, if you're in New York City and you got makeup on and it's the middle of the day and you're dressed up, people think you're a hooker. <laughs> they offering you money and shit, you know? All right, I'll take the money part, I guess. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. I think okay, one more. Final okay. question. All right. So you said, did you just say that you're also a book nerd? Yes. Okay. So I, I don't like saying like, what's your favorite book? Cause for me, I can never pick a favorite, right? I have a lot of favorites. So what are like one or two books that you would just recommend someone reading that like you've just totally enjoyed? Okay. Well, okay. We're going to, we're doing fiction, nonfiction. Well, there's a lot of different ones, but okay. I just, the first one that I'm just going to say on the first is the four agreements. Ah, yeah. So good. I mean, I feel like that's, I feel like everyone should read that. Mm-hmm. Of like, all of them sort of relate to like what we talked about, right? Which is don't think, don't, don't take things personally. Okay, let's see if I can remember them all right now. Always do your best, right? Uh, one of them is like something like mind your own business, but not like this. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, I can't remember them offhand either. Can you guys remember the other one? <laughs> Be nice, right? No, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> Just yeah, be nice. Right. I think you're right. It's like be nice, it's something like that. Yeah. So I think those four really, ironically, that's all four of those we hit today without even mentioning the book. Yeah. Right? That's true. Yeah. So, uh, I always recommend that one. And I especially recommend it to younger people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's great for anxiety. Yeah. It's a great book. Absolutely. Yeah, I like read it in my twenties, so I yeah yeah. And I just reread it, like you know, it's a nice short one. one. Yeah, the other, yeah, it's nice and short. The other one I reread reread sometimes, and I won't reread the whole thing. But the power of now. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But I'm also like a huge like fiction reader, so, yes. so I, I don't know. I mean, I oh, you know what I'm reading right now, which is really fascinating, which is a book called Stiff. This is not fiction, but it's a, it's called the curious lives of cadavers. I know you guys weren't expecting this, right? No, it was not (laughs) the curious life of cadavers. Cadavers, It's all about the history of, it's about medical history and how we use, uh, um, bodies that people, when you donate your body Yeah. and it's quite fascinating when you think about it, like you really do need people. It's not just for, or for, um, for organ transplants and all that. Right. But they use these bodies, medical, you know, surgeons and everybody, they use these bodies to practice on. And if you think about it, there's only so much a book can tell you, right? It's not for the faint of heart, this book, though. (laughs) No, this sounds fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they talk about how they chop it up in pieces. Yeah. My goodness. (laughs) And how, how certain surgeons, like, 
they use, they like really come to, um, they like say a prayer to the body. Sometimes they go meet the family and thank them. Mm. It's wow. just all about, it's fascinating to think about how we, uh, uh, Rain Wilson, um, I'm, I'll probably fuck up his, um, you probably fuck up this line, but have you guys started, you guys read Soul Boom yet? I no, just got my, it, it's but on I, my haven't, reads to, I haven't to, started it yet. Read, yeah. I haven't read it yet either, but I just, you know, I've been watching his interviews and I have it on my on my, my bedside right now. Rain, you're at my bedside. Um, <laughs> uh, he said, we are, we are, we are spiritual, be, we are spiritual beating, beings. Uh, we're, no, we're having a spiritual experience in this body. We're not a, a, a body having a spiritual experience, right? We are a spiritual soul uh -huh. having an spiritual uh, experiment. Uh, experiment. Uh, I, I remember the quote. I've heard him say it. I, I haven't read it yet, but I heard him say it. I think it goes, yeah. it goes, I held on, give me a beat. It goes, yeah. we are not human beings. No, we are not. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yes! That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a powerful one. I know. I can't wait to read the book. Yeah. I just love that. Uh, we'll have to have book club afterwards. I mean, girls, I right? And because I just, I, I mean, when it's not tax season, I can blow through a book, you know, in a couple of days. Yes. I love it. Yes. So good. I can't wait to read that one. All right. Well, before we um, let you go, Jackie, we like to ask all of our guests to share a win of the week, big or small. doesn't have to have happened this week, but just something recently um, that's happened in your life that felt like a win. Well, can you define what you mean by a win? Are we talking about an anxiety? I mean, it could be anything. No, not necessarily. It could just be anything about like a small, we've had people say, I got to take a nap today when my kids were at oh. school. And then another person said that, like, you know, they just finished their first novel, right? Like, it mm -hmm. could be as big or as little as, as you want, you know? Okay. You know, um, I think mine would be this. Uh, I tend to always say, when people invite me to do things, I always say yes, 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 right? Not that this I want to do but like, I'm even talking about like a weekend trip away or like, do you want to come hang out with me and my kid? It's like, I always say yes, instead of, instead of going like, wait a second, do we really, is that really like space that I have for right now? And so recently someone asked, there was a group that wanted to do a trip. And this morning I just, put, I would just said to my husband, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I don't want to go on this trip. And so instead of feeling bad, I'm just going to be honest. I don't want to yes. do this. Oh. So I, sorry, guys. I, I'm out for that weekend. I hope you guys have a great time, but it's just not something that I want to do. Right? Yes. If we're oh yes God. people, which, you know, a lot of, I know some people that aren't. Some people have really great boundaries. <laughs> that right? is amazing. I yeah. love and that win. To practice, to actually say, wait a second, I don't want to do this and say it and not do it and not feel bad is like. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. I mean. It's huge. I love that your win is saying no, right? Yeah. But at the sake of your, but at the sake of your, you know, what you really want, which is not mm -hmm. to do that thing, you know. I mean, and it's no offense to those people, and I'm sure they didn't take it that way, right? Well, but that's they, I they love did. that. No, I can't. We can't control that, right? Right. Exactly. But what we can control is that we say no in a kind way, and uh, and 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 make personal space for ourselves, and because otherwise you go, and then you're like kind of angry that you're there the whole yes. time who wants to hang yeah. out with 
right? <laughs> the bad anxiety. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. That's okay. a huge win. Thank well, you so, so much. much. I've learned so much from you gals today. So I, I want to thank you because this has been, um, this has been very, you know, I don't always take time out of my day to even talk about these things. So mm. it's nice to do that. I mean, we are just shocked and awed and honored. <laughs> Still, yes. I think yes. just buzzing. We, I can't Giddy. believe that. That we got that I, first of all, I can't believe that I got to meet you in person and, um, you know, we're big fans and just the fact that you were just like, I have anxiety and I want to be on your podcast. And then, then you actually did that. And that blows our, our little hearts away. So Aww. you, you are our shared win of the week. Yes. This week, Jackie. I mean, and- it means so much to us that you took time out of your precious schedule to, or no, you took time out of your schedule, your precious time. Okay. I gave it to us. Tax season's over, girls. Okay. <laughs> you have a hot minute. <laughs> well, thank you so oh, much. And, and a writer strike is happening. So oh yeah. True. Oh, I know. It's awful. I'm pretty free. <laughs> You're pretty free. <laughs> we'll do a couple follow-up episodes. <laughs> We'll do a live book, live book club or something with Rain's yeah. book. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. do like a book chat. I can't wait. I can't wait to read it. But, thank but you I, so I, much. I adore you girls. It was amazing and so fun. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, warriors. I am still coming down from that conversation. Yes. It was just, it, it was and is still wild to me that this person who is an actor who we've seen on, you know, on many things, but specifically mm-hmm. The Office so many years ago, who um, I'm such a big fan. We know that we're both big fans. And I still can't believe that this woman who I met for a few minutes, but then turned into like a 30 minute conversation because uh, we met her on the quieter day of the reunion. Mm-hmm. And instead of 25,000 people on day two, there was only 5,000 people. Mm. And when I went up to her booth or when Adam and I went up to her booth, there was nobody there at the, at that moment. And so she just hung out with us. Uh-huh. This was our, my win of the week a, a yes. while back. I don't remember yeah. which episode that was, but um, she just like brought her husband over and her mom and her sister who were there mm-hmm. taking pictures and videos and they were just the kindest, most down to earth people ever. And it's just like, I know this person had a relatively small part on a huge show. And she mentioned in the interview, right? Like Mm -hmm. how she was able to step onto sets where these were established shows with actors that have been in, you know, a list or whatever, even B list in the game for a really long time. And what it was like to kind of dip in and out, like, we didn't First even grade. talk about social anxiety. Like, no, there was, wow. we could have talked for hours. Yes. Because she like, was a nice constantly person. going into new environments where everyone's kind of, I mean, maybe they like each other or not, but they're kind of a click. Right. And then you're 100%. stepping into that space. Like, wow, I didn't even think. And of every that set is different. And, yes. Oh every God. community is different. Um, At, but uh, I would. Yeah, acting styles like dramas versus mm-hmm. comedies, and mm-hmm. indie right. versus movie houses. All of it. Right. Um, but Crazy. I agree with like what you said. Like one of the first like 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 ways to describe Jackie, I would say, is like just down to earth, right? And mm-hmm. like just so easygoing. Like I this is my first time meeting her, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've known you forever. Just in the in the in the conversation and the connection and everything. So. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Um, 
I think that's, that is my first takeaway is just that it doesn't take much to just be kind to people, Mm -hmm. right? No matter, as you had said, and we've, it's come up on our show many times. We don't know what people are walking around with. We don't know their story. Um, She has such a fascinating story, you know, growing up in the Midwest and becoming an actor and then also making a career for herself uh, as a, as a business owner and just all the hats. But at the same time, it's all things that light her up. It seems Mm -hmm. like things that really fill her cup. And so I think that the main takeaway is aside from being kind and down to earth and humble is that while we may not be able to have it all, we can pick and choose the things that we do do with our lives, right? We do have some semblance of control um, and we can show up for it every day with a little bit of gratitude and, um, and groundedness. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And you definitely feel that like at one point when she was saying like, you know, you could do all the things, but you might not, you do them so well, right. Or do the things that you really want to do and you can do them well. I feel like definitely aligns with that. It's like figuring it out. Um, what, one of my takeaways was I really, really appreciated the good anxiety and the bad anxiety. Right. And her saying like when things would come up, right. She might feel anxiety no matter what, but, but it's still different. And some anxiety is like anxiety because you're excited about it or you're attached to it or, you know, you want a special outcome from it. And that's kind of like the good anxiety versus the bad anxiety is like the dread. And I don't want to commit to this. And why did I agree to it? And I really, for me, that's such a good takeaway because I mean, for one, I like it, like just pausing when I feel anxiety and being like, wait, is this good kind or the bad kind? As opposed to just being like, no, I'm feeling anxious again. Um, But I think that's also, it's like, it's great for other people to hear too. Like we might always be experiencing anxiety, but it doesn't always mean it's bad anxiety. It doesn't always mean it's like unpleasant anxiety. Like sometimes the anxiety that pops up is more because we're excited or we're attached or, you know, we really want something. And and so I just really liked the the very simple label of good and bad. Yeah, no, it's true. It, it, it is a simple label, right? And it's like, <laughs> we do, maybe it's just a uniquely Margot and Abby thing, but I feel like a lot of warriors do like try to really deeply analyze their types of anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is this one trauma that's recoming up in this moment from that. And it's just like, sound like my fourth grade teacher. And this is why I have anxiety. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And that is where my mind goes sometimes when I'm trying to dissect my own issue in the, in any moment. And so, yeah, yeah. just having it say like, Hey, is this me trying to overcome some fear? in this moment towards something I want. I think she used the phrase like propel me towards something bigger or better. It's like, yeah, yes. I love that. Or is this like physically harming me? I think it's like kind of the example she used. So I love that too. It's like, is this good or is this bad? And it's just like, it doesn't have to be that cut and dry, I guess for us warriors, but it can be if Mm -hmm. we practice. I love that. Um, I think my other big takeaway, I mean, I, I just want to, it's not going to be my takeaway, but I just want to say I really enjoyed the sort of spicy conversation we had around impossible beauty standards. Yeah. Um, When it comes to Hollywood and the TV and film industry, certainly, uh, but also just more generally, I think that women and girls in particular are subject to impossible beauty standards. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just enjoyed sort of like our uh, back and forth exchange about that and how it went in hand in hand with rejection and mm-hmm. all of that. Um, 
I really appreciated that part of the combo. Uh, but I think my other big takeaway is just Jackie's um, dedication to positive self-talk. Yeah. You know, and trying to teach warriors to, I think she said maybe her niece and nephew, right? Like from mm-hmm. a younger age to just kind of like uh, put out what you would hope to hear from others, right? Like towards yourself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. show yourself love. Don't tell yourself that you're dumb or that you are incapable or not enough or whatever the many examples that she used. But I just think that that's just a great reminder, certainly for me, but I imagine for all the warriors to just start from a younger age or just start right now. Yeah. Um, speaking more kindly to yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I'm, I'm with that. And I guess my take my final takeaway kind of aligns with, with both those things. Um, and just like, for me, like I, I, I know that the, the acting business is rough, right? Like I know that I dated someone that was in it who was constantly rejected. Um, but I never really, really thought about, especially for women, right? Like I am really good at tearing myself down. Like you know, like, oh, that pimple there, like, that's horrible. Like, you know, like, oh, yep. you're too short, you're too tall, you're overweight, you're like, or me, me, not you, right? Um, and I never really just thought about like the 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 inner strength it takes to still continue in that profession, right? Like what it takes to still show up and audition and put yourself out there knowing that like not only is someone gonna like, you know uh, judge your actual craft, like how you act or not. Right. Like your acting skills and abilities and, and, and creativity when finding a character and, you know, not only are they going to judge all of that, but then on top of that, it's like the physical, like your nose, your eyes, your stomach. And honestly, like I can drive myself nuts, especially when I was younger about, all the things that I could want to change. Like, I can't even imagine if I was getting that feedback, especially in my twenties from other people and the, the strength and the resilience and the like, like being pulled towards a bigger goal, a bigger dream. Right. Because I feel like if someone said something about my nose in my Mm -hmm. twenties, they'd be like, well, I can never be seen again. Right. Mm. (laughs) Like, and, and so, um, I just like, that was a really huge takeaway. Like, I know that the beauty standards are, you know, just unfair, ridiculous, you know, whatever it is in Hollywood, but I never really paused and thought about like, how would I handle that? And for me, I probably would shut down. Right. Yeah. So it takes so much strength and it takes so much just, I, I, I don't even know to continually go through that lightheartedness, right? Like the ability to yes. laugh it off, the ability, you know, to not be attached to what other people say about you, right? right. Like, um, and in your twenties doing it, like mm. now in my forties, I'd probably be like, oh, screw you. <laughs> right. Yeah. But in my twenties, like, I mean, so that was just, but a- if it's tied to your worth, right. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to like it, it. I feel like it's like, it's tied to you getting a job or not. And so, and that of course winds up making, I imagine, again, I'll speak for me, I guess, like imagining that like, oh, well that must mean that not only am I a terrible actor, but I'm also ugly. <laughs> right. Or like, mm-hmm. right. Even if it's something that is literally the most normal thing ever. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, having eyebrows or like, you know what I mean? Like, but the point is, is just, yeah, it's, I, I feel you. I get it. And I, I'm with you too. Yeah. I pick myself apart. Like someone else doing it. it. Like, 
Yeah. So that well, maybe that maybe that helps. I, I don't know. It's like maybe you just have to dissociate if that's your career path. You mm-hmm. have to just practice dissociating from the feedback about yeah. literally every single thing you could think mm-hmm. of. It seems like we don't know how you do it, Jackie, but yeah. you do a great job at it. We love all of your work and can't wait to see the things that you do next, mm-hmm. including that um, directorial thing that you're going to be working on this summer. That's so exciting. We can't wait to, uh, to hear more about it. Yeah. I just realized that in all of the excitement and ending our, sh- our, our interview that I completely forgot to ask Jackie to share with our listeners how they can find her. So I'm just going to shout out her IG page. I'm sure she's on Facebook and definitely has an IMDB. She's at Jackie Debitin, one word, J-A-C-K-I-E-D-E-B-A-T-I-N, Jackie Debitin on Instagram. Um, everyone, please go follow her. Check her out. If you do not know any of the amazing shows and things that she's been in before, like A, crawl out from your rock, I guess, first. And then B, you know, hurry up and watch some of it, specifically The Office. Yes. All right, Warriors. Well, we love you so much. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you'd like to connect with us for any reason, you can jump on over to Instagram, join our Instagram fam. We're at Anxiety Warriors Podcast, or you can feel free to shoot us an email. We are at Anxiety Warriors Podcast at gmail.com. Shout out your wins of the week. Give us some topic ideas, things you'd love to hear us chat about on the show. Or if you think you'd be a great fit as a guest on our show, we would love to chat with you about your anxiety journey. No journey is too big or too small for our show. Please take two seconds, smash that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you rate, review, and follow in all of these places. It really helps people find the pod. And um, hop on into our show notes and grab yourself something fun from our Threadless shop. Mm-hmm. Got some cool stuff over there. Sure do. Show everyone that you too are an anxiety warrior. Just like us. And Jack. Just like us. Yes. Well, thank you all so much for going on this journey with us. We are so grateful that we get to do this with you all every single week. Well, next time. <laughs>